Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Wednesday, June 19th. I'm Wayne Pratt. Ahead, more than 5,000 people in Missouri have sold their homes to the government through FEMA's flood buyout program since 1990. To buy out these properties might be a large short-term expenditure, but that's far, far better than paying for emergency repairs and emergency rescues. St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports on demolishing flood-prone properties. First, the news. St. Louis County has suspended three jail employees after the fourth inmate death this year. As St. Louis Public Radio's Rachel Lippman reports, the suspensions are the latest in a series of changes at the jail outlined by County Executive Sam Page. Daniel Stout died last week at the state prison in Bonterre, Missouri, hours after being transferred from the county jail. The St. Louis Post-Dispatch reports he was denied medical attention there. Page says more staffers could face discipline as the investigation continues. He says any employees who ignore policy will be punished, but he's also introducing new procedures he says will improve communication. A mistake that's made isn't always a human error. Sometimes it's a process error. And if we can institute new procedures and new policies that make it more difficult uh, for a human error to occur, then we've done something positive. Page also says he plans to open a nationwide search for a new director of the jail. I'm Rachel Lippman. St. Louis Public Radio. St. Louis Pride Parade organizers will allow uniformed police officers to walk in the event this month. Representatives from Pride St. Louis had originally banned those officers out of respect for the 50th anniversary of the Stonewall Uprising. It occurred after police raided a New York City gay bar. Pride St. Louis Diversity and Inclusion Director Jordan Braxton says the organization now believes the ban goes against the inclusive spirit of Pride. Education is our greatest weapon in this war against intolerance, and that's exactly what we have. We're just trying to educate and be those angels of change and move this forward. Braxton says there have been long discussions on the issue between the city and the organization's board of directors. This year's Pride Parade in St. Louis is slated for June 30th. The Union for St. Louis Public Schools teachers will meet this evening to vote on whether to remove its president. Sally Topping was elected president of the American Federation of Teachers Local 420 in 2017. The union represents 2,300 educators. Social studies teacher and union official John Weisenhunt says Topping has misled members about a labor dispute with the district. We're talking about people's salaries, their pensions, their livelihood, and whatever information we give to them must be accurate. Topping says in letters to members the charges against her are weak and exaggerated, She declined an interview. Floodwaters are starting to recede in river towns throughout Missouri. Many residents, though, are already asking, how long until the next flood? In some cases, the federal government has stepped in to help local municipalities buy out homes so they can be demolished. As St. Louis Public Radio's Shayla Farzan reports, Missouri ranks first in the nation when it comes to the number of buyout properties. 
Amy Papian stands in the middle of a grassy field in University City and points to a towering honeysuckle bush. Every year it was a bigger and bigger fight to try and keep the honeysuckle back and keep my yard the same size as it was supposed to be. So it's pretty overgrown now, but not my job anymore. It's not her job because she doesn't live here anymore. Papian's house on Wilson Avenue was one of 26 demolished in 2011, after U-City purchased the homes through a voluntary buyout program run by the Federal Emergency Management Agency, or FEMA. The program provides some funding for local governments to remove homes from areas that flood repeatedly. Papian's house along the River De Pair flooded three times in less than 20 years but she decided to stay. Then in 2008, she had a disturbing experience that changed her mind. Two of her neighbors died in a flash flood, and after the water receded, she found one of their bodies in her backyard. After that, we were forced to come back to the house and live there for a while, and we never went in the backyard. We never had any more barbecues. We never did any more gardening. No, that was just part of the house that we didn't use anymore. Papian, who's now 71, decided it was time to move on. She's one of more than 5,100 property owners in Missouri who have taken buyouts since 1990, by far the highest of any U.S. state. About 80 percent of Missouri's buyouts were taken in 1993, the year the Missouri and Mississippi rivers overtopped their banks killing 50 people and causing $15 billion in damage. Jonathan Remo, a professor at Southern Illinois University Carbondale, says 1993 was a turning point for the buyout program. So with the 1993 flood, there was kind of this kind of nexus between local, state, and federal government coming together to kind of rethink how to address these losses related to floods. And given the magnitude of 1993, there seemed to be a lot of willing participants. More than 25 years later, thousands of Missouri residents and businesses are still located in areas with high flood risk. Moving as many of those people as possible out of harm's way is the main goal of the buyout program, says FEMA's David Marstad. We want to reduce disaster suffering, try to break the repeated cycle of disaster repair, disaster repair, over and over again. To break that cycle, he says they try to coordinate buyouts for entire neighborhoods and convert those areas back to open space. One of the lessons that we learned is it's more effective if we can do larger projects at more of a neighborhood or more of an area than um, one-off acquisitions. The program is voluntary, and local officials, not homeowners, are the ones who apply for it. FEMA pays 75 percent of the buyout cost, while state and local governments cover the rest. David Stokes of the Great Rivers Habitat Alliance says the investment pays off in the long term. To buy out these properties might be a large short-term expenditure, but that's far, far better than paying for emergency repairs and emergency rescues and all the other things that can come if, if people or businesses continue in these locations. Competition for FEMA funding has intensified in recent years, says Stokes. But the demand for buyouts is likely to grow in Missouri and nationwide, as climate change drives more severe natural disasters. Between Superstorm Sandy and the hurricanes in Florida and the hurricane in Houston and now the flood of 2019, it seems that FEMA is dealing with disasters every year that require massive buyout options for people. 
Back in St. Louis, Amy Papian says she feels nostalgic when she drives past the spot where her house used to stand. Still, she believes taking the buyout was the right thing to do. Suppose I had sold the house to someone else, and suppose they were the ones whose bodies they had found. Would that not be on me? You have a choice to make at that point. It's, it's, a, it's a moral choice. Papian's not taking any more chances with flooding. Her current house in St. John sits on top of a hill far from any river. I'm Shayla Farzan, St. Louis Public Radio. Our Maria Altman edited that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt, and from the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.